Welcome back to the Don't Stop. Let's do it again. Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast, where being negative can be a good thing and being positive can turn the world against you. Hello, I am your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Levon, and this is episode number 101. 101, 101. I did it. Um, I am recording on a very special day today. It is February 4th, 2024. And why that is so special is because the number 24 is my number. Um, so today is 24242424. And um, I don't know, maybe some magic will happen today. Maybe the man of my dreams will get a hold of me and sweep me off my feet doubt it. But anyways, uh, I do love those numbers. And um, even though it's blustery and windy out today, it's really, really windy. um, And it was raining earlier. um, It's still a good day. It's still a good day. Okay. Um, Let's see. What do we have going on here? We have the Niners are going to the Super Bowl. And of course, I'm stoked about that. Um, Very happy. That was a really... uh, intense game last week for anybody who follows football the first half was shit uh we were pretty much not going to the super bowl if you were just looking at the first half and typically with the niners when we're blowing it from the get-go we're blowing it for the rest of the game it's just not going to happen we came back we had an amazing comeback which of course makes me wonder if the nfl is scripted because it was just too perfect it was so amazing so yeah we were all crapping our pants it was an amazing comeback um i think they got three touchdowns um to close the deficit or the 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 to bring the scores the same and um yeah close the deficit that's right and uh, and then we won just by a small like i think it was three points three or four something like that but we're going and the Lions aren't. So sorry, Eminem, we won, you didn't. And uh, and also the Chiefs are going. I mean, hello, is this not my dream come true? Taylor Swift will be at uh, the stadium in Las Vegas with her bow and uh, her team will be playing against my team. Like it's unreal. There's gonna be a lot of red. Both teams are very red. And um, I mean, it couldn't have played out any better. These are my two favorite teams. Of course, I want the Niners to win, but I am so excited that we are not done watching Taylor and Travis. Like I cannot wait for more of them. Show as much as you want, NFL. I love all of it. And I'm sorry about the, <laughs> the guys who can't handle it. I um. What was I listening to? Oh, uh, Casey Lytle. He's a guy that I follow who's a psychologist or he's like, he knows a lot about true crime. Casey Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E, uh, Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. I found him on TikTok. And uh, anyways, he's on my Instagram also. He follows me. Um, super interesting man and uh, very, very intelligent. And he talked about the fact that, um, you know, these men, these Brad's, Chad's and dad's who are whining about Taylor being shown too much on the NFL. The NFL doesn't give a shit <laughs> about them. We don't need them because Taylor has brought such an amazingly huge audience to the NFL that never truly existed and the numbers that they do now. And that's women. So she has brought a brand new demographic and the NFL um, should be paying her for what she has done for their organization. So yeah, it's pretty um, exciting. And I love watching all of it. And I think it's really funny, all these whiners that are tired of seeing, you know, uh, Taylor Swift. I mean, it's it's so silly. Like They don't show her that much. I mean, they show her a little bit when Travis does something or the Chiefs have a touchdown. And I mean, how 
wholesome and like um i was gonna say wholeheartedly it is it's so wholesome like the love between them watching her run down on the field or she like embraced him on the field she's in her red they're kissing the cameras all around that why would anybody be mad about that like this is beautiful i love it it's so sweet and yeah, I have nothing bad to say about it. I just don't get people who are having an, an issue with it. They must just be unhappy people in general. I just don't get it. Um, okay. I mean, even men are like agreeing. This is really nice to see. I mean, there's plenty of like famous people that are chiming in about it and saying, you know, other people need to just, you know, chill out over it. It's just, it's not worth complaining about. My God, it's, she is one of the most well-known women in the world right now. And she's an incredible role model, role model for young girls. And yeah, I mean, I don't see any of it being bad. None of it. So yay, Taylor. Yay, Niners. Yay, Chiefs. This is going to be a very exciting Sunday coming up. I can't wait. Um, speaking of big games, my son's varsity basketball team is going into the playoffs. So Aptos Varsity, congratulations on your amazing season so far and let's hold our hold our breath cross our fingers that you guys go far in your playoff um in your playoffs so that should be exciting watching that um let's see um my hair is straight i decided my daughter's like you should straighten it and so i used the flat iron and guess what people say they say i look younger you look younger oh my god i love your straight hair my daughter writes me she goes what did she say something about not killing it something else slay your slay slay in it slay or whatever she loved it ryan so um it's actually easier to straighten it than it is to curl it so i'm done with the big curls i don't i didn't realize those were kind of making me look aged and beyond my years i mean i still think i look younger than 53 but i think the straight hair is definitely a better look i feel fresher um oh and speaking of it's so weird i have the botox right i get the botox like every three months um but i haven't done it since early october and what i typically feel if for those that do botox is you can feel the muscle relax and you'll feel like a little uh it, it's like you feel the muscle kind of drop so like in your forehead you'll feel these little like it's like a little twinge and it's like the muscle letting go because the botox is fading away so I did this in October, um, November, December, January. We're four months out. Usually within, I don't know, mm, 10 weeks, I'm feeling the little drops. I can feel it. I have not felt it at all. Nothing. So it's been four months. Like I didn't, And I'm like, did he give me a mega dose or did he give me nothing? Maybe I really didn't get a good dose of Botox. Maybe it was just something else. Maybe it was water. I don't know. But like... I mean, I can lift my eyebrows, but, and I do feel like around my mouth, like it's still kind of looks okay. So this is what I really want. I want just the slightest pullback. I would love a little facelift, just a little, little bit right here. Um, that's what I'm going to do. That is what I'm eventually going to do is just pull back just right there. For those that aren't watching on YouTube, uh, the corners of my mouth, like I'm just pulling the back around my jaw, like back and up, like the jowls will come up, the lines around my mouth will go away and maybe my lip will be less wrinkly. I don't know. I really do want to do that at some point. Um, okay. So that's that uh, Botox. Um, so yeah, I'm going to wait till April. That's when I normally do it during my breaks. Like I would have worked it in before going back to work in January. That's when I normally would have done it, but I don't know. It just didn't, I didn't feel the twinge. So I didn't 
order the uh, or didn't make an appointment. Um, let's see. Uh, I have changed something that I haven't done since kind of the beginning of my HIV diagnosis. Um, I am taking my pill in the morning. I don't remember why initially. Oh, I did do that initially because I was on Triumec and I think it was causing problems with my sleep. So anyways, I'm having trouble with my sleep again. I'm kind of like waking up. Mind is too awake at like one or two in the morning. Like my mind is like going, but my body feels tired. My eyes are heavy and hurting, you know, not hurting, but burning kind of like, you know, you don't want to open them. So I feel super tired. My brain is awake. So, um, I, when I first started the experiment of taking my pill in the morning, I came down with a cold. So I've been like dealing with a cold, by the way, I don't know if I talked about it in my last podcast. I think I did. My CD4 was 790. I did. I talked about that. 790. Amazing. Um, I think it's the running I'm doing because I've been running like nonstop since September, like on a really like stringent running, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, journey. I don't know. I've been running, uh, at the gym. I do a 20 minute, well, I do a one minute walk just to get myself like mentally prepared when I get on the treadmill. And then I get on the treadmill for, uh, 20 minutes. Like I go at 6.1 now, 20 minutes. And then I walk for three minutes and I just burn 300 calories. The, the run, honestly, I usually do it on an empty stomach. Um, I usually drink coffee. So by the time I go, I don't know, the caffeine has kicked in because I feel like if I do it like around and I haven't had breakfast, I don't really like drink, I drink my breakfast. I have coffee. Um, I don't really eat in the morning, but if I go and the caffeine is like, I can feel it, you know, the caffeine's going, I can run and I feel amazing. I feel like a machine and, um, I don't really feel I don't feel breathless or even tired much until like minute 19. And then I always think in my head or minute 18, maybe around there. And I always think in my head, this is the point where you've got to push yourself through it, but I'm not like dying or anything, but this is the point where you have to feel a little uncomfortable because it gives you, you know, for the next run and the run after that, and the run after that, and the run after that will make it even easier. So, um, yeah, I dig my running. I really, really am super addicted to it. And um, I've lost honestly more weight than I had planned. I'm but it's kind of like, it's sort of nice, because then I can just eat some shit when I want to. And I don't feel guilty at all, because I've like, run and took care of it. And anyway, what was the point of the running? I don't even know. What was I running? Um, oh, yeah, CD4. I think that is why my CD4 went down. I really do. I, I mean, we'll see. But no, my CD4 went up. Sorry. CD4 is good. We want that high. Um, yeah, I, I think that might be it. We'll see what happens on the next go around with my, when I see my doctor in, um, in April, early April. So, um, yeah, I decided to take my pill in the morning instead of at night because I'm having some insomnia. So, and then I got the cold and so the cold really messed me up during the night. I like couldn't, um, I couldn't sleep because I was like, breathing out of my mouth and my mouth, my throat was burning and all dry. And I was like choking on my dry throat all night. So, um, the cold is still a little bit there, but I'm sleeping good now. So I'm thinking it was the pill. Um, and again, this pill, like most people tell me, feels like taking a vitamin because we don't feel anything from it. Same here. Um, no side effects. And it's kind of like fun to, t not fun, but I mean, it was like an, it's sort of like an experiment to take it in the morning on an empty stomach and see how it affects me. Do I feel anything from it? Nothing. Cause you know, I normally take it at like nine o'clock at night and you can imagine nine o'clock at night, of course there's probably something in my stomach and then I go to bed or whatever. So maybe if there was a side effect, I wouldn't ever know, but I definitely feel nothing from it, which is amazing. Um, and 
another thing that could be causing my insomnia, but I kind of am just thinking maybe it's the medication is, uh, menopause. I, um, like I completely was unaware of it. I checked my little nifty calendar. I have an app on my phone. The last time I had my period or whatever it was, I mean, somewhat of a period, but for sure I would get like a little bit of a cramp on my right side. Always my right side. Isn't that weird? I never got it on my left. There's always like, I think only my right side was releasing something. Um, but anyways, I, um, I haven't had it since early December. And all of a sudden when I, it dawned on me, I was like, Oh, it's, it's been eight weeks. I didn't realize it. So I am 53. It's, you know, I don't have any other signs of it other than maybe having insomnia. Um, and I think that's another reason why I'm running like a maniac because they say there's weight gain with menopause. I don't want to deal with that. The running's also for my mental health. And I don't know. I just feel like I just see so many stories on TikTok of people that are like incapacitated for one reason or another, like out of nowhere, like an accident or something or illness and shit. I mean, I'm 53. I can run. I'm going to freaking run. Like, goddamn, I'm going to move my body as much as I can because I can and there's no reason not to. I don't, you know, I want to be like a healthy, healthy 75 year old. You know, I want to be like on top of my game. I want to be able to go walk and not have pain and all of those things. So I am going to run my ass off now more than ever. Like I think in my twenties, it was more just about staying in shape. It was for the boys. I mean, it's still a little bit for that too. Sure. Of course. But like um, never was I thinking in my youth when I was working out that this is for the longevity of when I got older or whatever, but I'll tell you all my weight training that I've done is showing up in my, my upper body now, because I've always kind of been, been consistent with my, um, with my weight training. I'll show you, like, I've got a goddamn muscle. Like, look at this. If you're on YouTube, um, it's okay. This is a jog bra. I can show you, but check, can you see, like, look at, no, that's not a good view. No, that doesn't even look good. There we go. You can kind of see it there. There's certain views that it looks there. There we go. There's certain views that it looks more like impressive and the lighting, it looks more impressive. Anyways, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of my muscles. Muscles are beautiful. Okay. Um, enough of that. Let's move on. So unfiltered stories on Facebook. I was interviewed by them. Shannon Powers interviewed me. It was through Zoom. My dog was being a little bitch. He's sleeping over here right now. Oh my God, I get home from work. I get everything set up. We have this time set. I'm being paid for this. Not a lot, but I'm being paid for it. I get on the Zoom. I can't stand right away that I can see myself on the one split screen. So I'm trying to put a lid from a box over the screen. And then in, in doing that, I like hit a button down below that put my freaking computer on airplane mode. It was all, it was such a mess. And then I realized that, um, and then I thought, well, if I'm covering up my face on there, is she still seeing me? And I'm like, of course she was, but, um, there was something more about that. Oh yeah. I wasn't supposed to look at myself on the screen. So that was messing me up because whenever I do my own TikToks or any kind of like social media where I'm like talking into the camera, I don't have to avoid looking at myself. Like I'm typically looking right at myself. So when someone's interviewing you and they don't want you to look at yourself, they want you to look at the little black dot on your, the camera on your computer. It, it's not easy to, um, to do that. And I also am seeing her reaction every time I'm talking, she's, you know, nodding her head or jotting something down or like a really agreeing and it's throwing me. And I'm like, we want it. She wanted. And like, there's things that she wants you to say 
kind of like um uh little snippets they're um god what do you call those in the news sound bites so she like she wants you to say something like a sound bite but when i'm put on the spot and i've got her staring at me and there's all these other things like don't look at yourself in the camera and you're realizing that she's trying to get something good to like show as like a an opener or something that she's going to tease the video with on facebook in my mind, I'm like, I didn't even have time to practice this. Like, I don't even know, like, oh my God. And so, and then, and then we're going into like full stories of like my shooting, like when I was growing up and my parents being divorced and like, um, she wanted me to repeat something, but say it a little different. Like I was, and then, oh, Finn's whining. Finn started whining. He just opened his eyes when I said his name, halfway opened his eyes. So I had to like stop the interview like a couple times and get deal with him and like treats and stuff because he got like basically got jealous because my phone was taking up time with him and I'd just gotten home from work. So anyways, it was stressful. We had to start over a couple times and I was so embarrassed. It was like, and finally I got comfortable and I was able to just talk. I got in the zone, but man, I was not feeling it. And I was like feeling so frustrated with the dog whining and it, it was throwing me like in telling a story, I was forgetting details. I was like going into way too much detail sometimes. And then I was like going off on a tangent and I'm thinking in my head, like this is supposed to be like more precise. And I'm thinking, should I start over? And of course, if I'm doing it myself, I can start over whenever I want. I can trash the whole thing, but she's recording this. So there's no stopping it. So it's so different when someone else interviews you and wants you to go on and on about a story. It's like, it's so different. So anyways, look for that. I don't know. It'll be out at some point. Unfiltered stories on Facebook. Um, they have like millions of followers. So I don't know. That's It's good. And we'll see what happens. Um, I have another survey that I would like for you guys to participate in. Um, it's through ADAP, the AIDS Drug Assistance Advocacy Association that I'm a part of. Um, and it's for people who are not HIV positive that live in the United States. That's the only criteria. So if you go into my link, my links here um, on Facebook, or not Facebook, hello, on YouTube or on Apple or Spotify, they it will be there. I promise you, if you go in there, I will have the link for the survey. Um, it's a simple, fast survey. They just want to know what you know about the injectables. That's all. You don't even have to provide a name or anything. They just want to know what you know about the HIV injectables. And if you follow me, you probably know a little something. Do you have to know anything about them? No, that's what they want to know. So it would mean a lot to me. I know I did it on um, Instagram just one day and I had like at least 20 people write to me and say, done, done, done. I was like, oh, so touched that people would do that for me and take the time to fill out a survey. So if you feel that you could do that for me, that would be amazing. Um, again, this is the group that sent me to Louisiana and um, they've recently just asked me to be an ambassador for the 340B patient um, program, meaning that I will be speaking. They're going to pay me for this. They're going to train me on it. Um, I will be talking about this more. It's um, again, money that's um, therefore, it's not just people with HIV. It's basically people who are, are uh, have no insurance or um, have like high medical bills and they ha don't have the money to pay them. So this money is there. It's basically courtesy care. But the problem is, is that a lot of um, covered entities that have this money, they're not giving it to the patients. They're putting it in their pockets. The executives are taking this money and it's not going to the people who need it the most. And so um, I'm going to be trained more on the program um, on like speaking about it and sharing this information with my my people because this is really important information that everybody should know um, because unfortunately in the United States 
I mean, really everywhere in the world, we have to advocate for ourselves. We have to ask questions. We have to like do the work. And like right now I'm, I'm, and, and yeah, like shit, I'm dealing with a lady right now who makes too much for ADAP and, um, I'm not sure she doesn't have health insurance, but like even with the money that she's, she takes Bictarvi, um, she's like literally wanted to kill herself. She like wrote to me. She's so upset. She's like this beautiful, like maybe 30 something year old, um, very well educated. She works in the medical field. She's terrified that anyone will ever see her diagnosis. Um, you know, she got it from a dude that she was dating, you know, um, you know, the whole story of what he was probably up to anyways. So this plagues her life. Now she's like, it's nothing more than a vitamin to me. She says, I take this pill, but it's what everybody would think about it. If people that I work with find out, I feel like it will like, you know, she'll say something happens. I'm skiing and I hurt my leg. Like, and they have to do like a, you know, an x-ray or something like they, they're going to go into my records. They're going to see this. Like it's freaking her out. But the problem is, is that I don't know. I don't think that she has health insurance. I'm not sure about all that. I'm like, I forgot to ask her that part, but Bottom line is her social worker has looked into it. Um, I've given her the name of somebody else who can help her, but it's coming down to like her paying $1,900 a month for Big Tarvey, which is just, n no one should be paying that. Like this medication is handed out free all over the world. Like why in the United States do we have to pay $2,000 a month? She said like, this will ruin her, like having to pay this. She goes, it makes me want to, she goes, it makes her just want to like, like kill herself, like, or just let it, herself go and be taken by this virus. And so that's what that's what this does to people. Like the fear of having to pay for treatment, you know, for something that more than likely she was probably a victim of. She might've been, this might've been her boyfriend. I mean, I don't know the whole story, but you know, it's just, this diagnosis blows in so many ways. And it's not the physical part of it. It's just the stress of things like this that shouldn't have to be there. But you know, they are, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I'm going to do my boy update really quick. And then I'm going to just talk about this article, um, about Neil Overfelt, um, about a man at El Dorado County jail, which is in Sacramento up near that way, um, who lost his life due to not getting the treatment that he deserved while in prison. He died of AIDS because they did not get the medication to him. Um, but before that boy update, so, um, the man that I had not told, and by the way, I had a lot of messages about that. I'm not going to get into it. People really, um, feel one way or the other about it. Um, and you know, I mean, I can get mad about it or not. It's my, you know, I put my private life out there and, in, in somewhat, you know, I don't like, I don't say anybody's names or anything, but, um, so, I mean, I guess I have to just take whatever people say, but people can be really judgmental. It's crazy. Um, anyway, of course, again, did I hurt him in any way? No. Um, someone said, I'm lucky that, um, he didn't try to hurt me. Like he could have tried to kill me, you know, like it's insane that people like really think like that is how someone should react like, or that's like a possibility. It's that should just not even be, but anyways, no, he, and this is the man that I had hung out with several times during the last year. Um, and you know, we didn't use anything, but everybody put that on me too. Like you're a grown woman. Why didn't you make him use something? I don't know, because we didn't for so many times. Like, I don't know. We just didn't. Um, but you know, people just get like, get mad, like get out of my vagina. It's my business. I mean, it is in the end, it's my business. It's not your business. It's not anything you need to be mad at me about, but 
anyway, he wrote to me um, and just asked how I was doing. That was it, like a week ago, and just said, hey, how are you, or whatever. And I was like, I'm good, how are you? And so I guess we're friends, I guess. I guess he's not, I don't know, I wouldn't say that, it, you know, we didn't talk about anything about that. We haven't seen each other. I don't want, I don't want to see him in that way, because I'm over it. Um, I yeah, I don't think I'm all into him anyway, so it wouldn't really matter. But I'm glad that we're we're friendly. Like, that's good. So maybe some of that, it was more, uh, I mean, it's obvious he hasn't asked me to hang out. So that part is obvious to me. Like, he he can't handle being with me now that he knows that I have undetectable HIV, which is like, I literally test negative, but whatever. Um I guess, he can't, I guess he can't handle it. So I don't think he did much research. I mean, he said he's been really, really busy, but um, yeah, it just doesn't, I don't think like normally I think I would have seen him by now. Um, but he didn't ghost me, which is what I thought. I thought he was going to be gone forever or he really couldn't handle the truth or whatever. But no, I think he's, I think he's okay. I think he's okay. Okay. My favorite who I talk about, uh, I've talked about, you know, since 2022, um, so I said goodbye to him in my last podcast. Well, a lot has happened since then. Um, he wrote to me like two month, two weeks after I had basically said, you know, I didn't say goodbye, but I just assumed like from what I was saying to him, he kind of got that I was like, yeah, I know I just need to like, just be gone basically. And I really thought that that was, he understood that. And then he wrote to me like two weeks later and said that he just felt that he hadn't been a very good friend for someone who had been in my life in that way recently. And he said, um, something like that, like, it's not cool of me to not be in more contact with you or whatever. And I was like, huh? Huh? <laughs> like, uh, I didn't think, I mean, I was saying goodbye and crying and thinking I would never see him again. Anyway, we've hung out a couple times. Um, we did not hook up. He's an emotional wreck right now over a breakup. So he just said he could really use the female energy or the female pheromones, I guess. So we, we hung out two different times at his house and watched movies and we just did a lot of hugging. One night we kissed a little bit more than he felt okay about. He, he has hope that he'll be back with this one girl this girl that he's been with for the last year and a half. I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't seem likely. I know I'm filling a void for him in a way, but I'm also a good friend to him. Like I know, like he knows I care about him a lot and, um, I respected his not wanting to be physical and, and he wanted to, even though we had had that one night, he wanted, he just wants to be more like, uh, he wants the time that he's not with her just in case it does work out to be pure. He doesn't want to have anything like in his mind that he had, you know, he wants to like be true to her, which I, I mean, totally get that. Totally get that. It's, he can do that. And so, um, I love hanging out with him and watching movies and hugging the shit out of him. It, he's yeah, he's the, one of the sexiest men I've ever known. Like I can't, I can't really explain. Well, he's beautiful but he, and he has like the deepest voice ever. Um, I don't know what it is. There's just something about him. I just, he just, mm, he does something to me and I really just don't know what it is. It just, I mean, like I, I've always talked about like our height difference. I'm a lot taller than him. He doesn't care about my age. Like when I'm with him, I don't feel like I'm like 20 years older than him. Um, 
I just don't. He doesn't make me feel that way. I feel like I'm in college. Like, I feel like we're hanging out in college. And, um, yeah, I, he's, you know, he's got to go through his thing. So anyways, and he came over to my house last weekend and helped fix a plumbing issue. And that was really, <laughs> that was really hot because he knows what he's doing. And yeah, it was fun watching him like fix lane lay in my he was like in the cabinet on his back like with wrench and he's like and i'm like oh my god yeah he's really he's really hot anyway i'm you know if nothing else i'm glad that we got i got this closure with him i guess um you know when we did have that intimate night because how it had ended a year and a half ago made me feel like i was cringy to him or whatever. I don't know. I didn't know how he felt about me. So I even told him that I said, like, if nothing else, like, I'm glad that that happened. Because yeah, I feel like now I know truly like you are attracted to me. And, you know, um, but you know, he's he wants kids, you know, he wants a normal like not normal. But I mean, he wants he wants a family and like he wants things to work out with this girl. So I totally respect him for that. And um, I don't think it sounds like she's the best choice, because I think they have a pretty fiery relationship. But I'm going to be his friend regardless in whatever capacity I can be. I will I'll always be there for him because I just think he's a great guy. I really, really like him as a person. And, um, and it's, it's, yeah, it gets more confusing if I spend an evening watching movies and getting to hug him and play with his hair and smell him. <laughs> it kind of messes me up. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Okay, let's get into, and and just to follow up, I haven't really, we haven't seen each other in a week, so don't know when I will be seeing him again. Also, I did order a mic, and I was all ready to use it. Here it is, but I totally forgot to charge it, and I was just ready to do this podcast right now. It's Sunday. My son's gone. The sun was still out, or it was bright out. I'm like, I gotta do it right now. Gotta do it right now. So the mic was dead, and um, so for those on YouTube, but the last YouTube video I listened to, it sounded like the the audio was fine, even though I didn't have a mic. Okay, so um, Rainier Simmons, who I met in North Carolina, no, no, Louisiana. He wrote this article. Uh, Nicholas Overfelt's avoidable tragedy is a symbolic failure of justice. So I'm just going to read along and just comment um, on this and how I feel about it. By the way, Eric, the one that I got HIV from, lives up in El Dorado County and he does some, I, I, I'm sort of pretty sure he does some outreach with the prison system up there um, for people that are getting out and trying to get on their feet. He's really, really open about his HIV status and his story, his past drug use and all of that. So I sent this article to him and said, did you know about this? And he said, I did not. And I would like more information on it. And I would like to try to meet the family. And I know um, Eric is like, I mean, I don't know if he'll get around to it, but I know if he had that moment to talk to their family, he would be uh, very well-spoken and very passionate about what had happened to this man. Um, this should, this tragedy should have never happened. So it says, um, access to timely, appropriate care is required for all, for high quality of life and optimal health care 
outcomes. Vulnerable populations face many challenges to proper care, especially people who are living with HIV or PLWH, people living with HIV. Incarcerated people living with HIV endure compounded harm. The same people who are disproportionately represented in jails and prisons are also disproportionately represented by HIV. Recently reported in the media is a story of a young man, Nicholas Overfelt, Oh, it's Overfield. I've been saying Overfelt. Overfield, who lost his life because he was denied his HIV medication while in jail. In February of 2022, Nicholas Overfield was arrested and detained at El Dorado County Jail for failure to appear in court. So I don't know what what the reason was why he was supposed to be in court, what the other charges were, but basically that's why he was brought to the prison because he had failed to appear in court. Upon his arrest, he informed the police that he was HIV positive and required his HIV medication daily to keep his HIV controlled. His medication was present at this home. Uh, it says this home, but I think he meant his home. And his mother gave his medication to the police before they took him away. On April 22nd, 2022, so this is two months later, Two months later, Nicholas's mother visited him and he was brought to her in a wheelchair because he was too weak to walk and was unable to speak. That is strange to me just because it's only eight weeks. Like, can we really go from undetectable, I mean, if he was taking his treatment as prescribed, to this in two months? I'm not, that to me, I'm not totally understanding. But anyways, um... And other people have pointed that out as well. But anyways, that's what it says. Um, the following day, his mother confronted a jail nurse demanding the medical care that he needed, and he subsequently ended up being rushed to the hospital that same night, requiring emergent care. After being hospitalized, he was placed into hospice care and died on June 21st, 2022. So February, March, April, May, June, four months later, he was dead in four months under the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, prisoners have a right to receive medical care, especially for serious medical issues, regarding, regardless of whether they are housed in a local, state, or federal jail or prison. Mendeza Moore O'Neill, executive director of the Center of HIV Law and Policy, explains, it is a fundamental duty to provide the necessary health care to those under your care and control, and yet jails and prisons across the country find so many ways to circumvent or all around avoid that duty. It is well documented that many inmates in jails and prisons receive substandard medical care. About 19% of inmates, 19% of inmates haven't had a single health related doctor visit since incarceration. This, the disjointed, the disjointed and weak infrastructure of incarceration health is especially life threatening for people with chronic health conditions such as HIV. Um, incarcerated people living with HIV frequently have long delays in receiving medication, spotty administration of medication, or complete omission. And, you know, we really should take it every 24 hours. So they're saying like spotty administration of medication. Someone isn't giving them their treatment like at the right time or even every day, um, or just the complete omission of it. This can result in drug resistance of course, um, which can make a person even sicker. In the case of Nicholas Overfield, because he was denied his medication, he progressed to AIDS. His lack of proper care in jail also resulted in the failure of his body to fight off the encephalitis var varicella zoster virus that he contracted while incarcerated, which also contributed to his physical decline. Okay, so that was part of it too. Um, 
Nicholas Overfield's situation spotlights one of the contributing factors to poor prison health care, which is the outsourcing of prison health care to private contractors. Marcus J. Hopkins, who was at my meeting in um, in uh, Louisiana, founder and executive director of the Appalachian Learning Initiative, explains one of the biggest issues with carceral health care um, I think that like means incarcerated healthcare provisions provision is the most is that most of it occurs behind a wall of secrecy as with most services, healthcare provision has been contracted out to private companies such as Corizon or Wellcare who use trade secret secrets laws, trade secret laws, specifically the provisions that protect the negotiation of services and prices to shield the exact services they provide. Okay, so there's some corruption clearly going on there. This makes it hard to gather information since they are characteristically lax in their reporting of data. The A deep diving Reuters study of over 500 jails revealed that from 2016 to 2018 jails relying on one of the five leading jail healthcare contractors had higher death rates than facilities where medical services are run by government agencies. So, um, yeah, we definitely, uh, are lacking in, uh, uh, oh my gosh, there's like screaming out my window and the lights just flickered. Um, are we going to lose power here? Um, yeah, the uh, the whole I can't get my can't get my thing to scroll down. Let's go. There we go. Okay. Um, often some facilities, especially those in smaller jurisdictions with high, tighter budgets, will hire private contractors for ease of managing health services and to save money. Unfortunately, the means by which some private contractors save money is by denying care, such as not sending inmates to hospitals when care is needed. The contracts. The, the contracts these private providers have sometimes have sometimes do not have proper standards, staffing requirements, and protocols, stipulating protocols for health monitoring or hospitalizations. When inmates, especially those with chronic and mental health issues or conditions, do not receive care, it is not only dangerous for their well-being, but also the well-being of other inmates and staff. Inmates with documented mental health issues can be a danger to themselves and others when they are not effectively monitored and kept on their medications. I mean, what a shit show this is. Additionally, when inmates are not treated and screened for sexually transmitted diseases, diseases spread. Eventually, people in jails and prisons are released back into society. This is a danger to public health at large, releasing people with undocumented and uncontrolled diseases or ailments. Um... The largest jail healthcare companies are Wellpath Holdings, Inc., and NAFCare, N-A-P-H, Care, um, Corizon, Prime Care Medical, Inc., and Armor Correctional Health Services. Wellpath is the company in charge of the jail where Nicholas Overfield was a pretrial detainee. Not only is Wellpath private, but it is owned by a private equity firm, which would indicate that it has a targeted interest in saving money and making a profit. Some private jails, um, jail health contractors state that the levels of healthcare challenges of incarcerated pop- populations are why they have high, higher death rates. However, studies have shown that when you control from for wait however studies have shown that when you control for the differences in health of the overall population as compared to the general population private prisons still have more deaths yeah private prisons versus versus government run okay nicholas over a fields 
avoidable tragedy is a symbolic failure of justice. Um, Ms. Moore O'Neill expressed his incarceration sheds some light on the injustice that is our criminal legal system. The fact that he was even in jail because of a February 2022 arrest for failure to appear in court should have all have us all appalled and ready to overhaul this entire system. Many people like Nicholas Overfield sit in jails and suffer harm and neglect, sometimes fatally before they even make it to trial. Failure to provide constitutionally adequate medical care is not only a legal issue, but a human's right, human rights issue. Um, this is just tragic to me. I felt like it definitely needed to be um, exposed and talked about. And um, I don't really know anything that can be done other than me just sharing it. So um, I, it just says, yeah, med medical neglect is cruel and unusual. It's shocking that in it's shocking to know that this is going on, this kind of corruption. I guess it's not shocking, but it, it like really does happen. And people do, um, die in jail from not receiving their, um, medication or adequate medical care. And I know a lot of people feel like, oh, whatever, you know, they're in prison. Who cares? We don't really need to take that good of care of them. But a lot of these people do end up back out in society. And if they're not being well taken care of, they'll walk right out and, you don't know what they'll do. If I know a man that was released from um, prison in San Francisco, there was something, there was some little catch. I can't re remember exactly what it was, but he actually shouldn't have been released. He got on a bus. He took a bus straight to Santa Cruz. He got off the bus and he, he stabbed a woman to death that owned a business downtown Santa Cruz called Camouflage. Broad daylight, 11 o'clock, beautiful sunny morning on the sidewalk. He just walked up to her and he had mental health issues that had obviously not been dealt with. Um, and he murdered her on the streets of Santa Cruz. Um, this happened less than 10 years ago. So yeah, these people do end up back in society or like this poor gentleman was just, um, he failed to appear in court and he lost his life because someone decided, I don't know, the company decided not to give him his treatment. Um, it's sickening. It's totally sickening. So, um, again, if you want to, um, check out this article or share it with anybody, it will be in my description. Um, this was provided to me by the AIDS drug assistance advocacy association program. So AIDS drug assistance advocacy association. Um, okay. I guess that is it for now. I'm going to wrap this up. See where we are time wise. We good. We good. This is better. I think 40 minutes is better. Um, can't think of anything else I want to share. Um, Netflix, uh, Love on the Spectrum. I've been watching that. Love that show. Um, again, that's people with autism who are dating. They have a lot of like repeat people. They're a hoot. They're a hoot. I love watching them. They're so honest. And um, I think that's it. All right, guys. I'm going to um, wrap this up before the power goes out. And um, it's dark in my room. All right. Have a good week. And I love you guys. And yeah, stay safe out there. Okay. Bye-bye now. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.